welcome back to the Web3 Native Podcast. And as always, while we are barking upon our cross-chain or multi-chain and interoperability series. And with that, it's so exciting to bring on Zaki Manian, co-founder of Sommelier, and of course, of the most significant Cosmos contributors. Hello, Zaki. Hi, uh, it's great to be here. All right. I think our, our audience is fairly new to the Cosmos ecosystem. So we're definitely going to go through some of the basics and then dive into some of the actual examples as well as the practical aspects of what builders should consider. But before we kind of go into all that, uh, Zaki, we know that you've been working on so many projects and advising so many more. Uh, just to start off on a more human note, right? What kind of keeps you going? What drives you to do all these things and staying up all night working on these different projects uh, before you even record this podcast? Yeah, no. Um, why do I work so hard on all these projects? Um, I do think that this is like a sort of uh, once in a lifetime sort of, or once in maybe like a thousand years opportunity uh, to sort of reimagine the relationship between people and finance um to sort of to sort of try to make finance radically different from what it has been for like the last thousand years um and so it's it you you find yourself in this position of opportunity you find this opportunity situation where there's a lot that needs to be built in a short period of time um i think i'm probably better at building it than like almost anyone else in in the world you know there, there are exceptions there are people like vitalik who are fantastic um, but like, I think I'm really good. Um, and, uh, so I'm just like trying to like apply as much leverage as I can to like changing the status quo as, as, as hard as I can. All right. And we can certainly see the effort and of course the fruits of your efforts over the past like many, many years, yeah. uh, starting with, of course, the beginning of Cosmos, right? So, uh, would love to hear from you this, uh, this kind of, uh, personal, uh, context that you have. Uh, from the beginning of Cosmos, yeah. the history and how it has all evolved. So, you know, one of the things that I think is most challenging about the Cosmos ecosystem is you come into blockchain, you see all these projects that, you know, are from 2018, 2019, you know, very recently, uh, everybody like comes in, you, you get this context, you know, there's articles written about them, you, you kind of figure out what's going on. Um, the Cosmos history is basically as old as Ethereum. Um, Cosmos is probably is a project that has existed just as long um, and uh, is is very tortured. And there isn't really yet. Uh, maybe that will change sometime in the near future. Uh, but there hasn't really ever been a, a, a written down history of sort of how Cosmos came to be. Um, and it's a long it's a long story, but I, I'm going to um, kind of talk about it from my perspective. Um, so. The beginning of Cosmos really starts with Jay Kwan um, and the sort of altcoin boom of, of like 2014, 2013, right? Where you had all of these new proof of work cryptocurrencies um, uh, uh, sort of cropping up. Um, most of them are long forgotten, but like, you know, things like Dogecoin and, uh, and, uh, and Litecoin and stuff like that come from that era of, of the early Bitcoin forks. Um, and really, this Jay's story is Jay went out and was like, "I want to write a, uh, like a multi-chain cryptocurrency exchange." Like that was what he thought he would, what he wanted to do. And then he was like, "Well, 
we have all of these proof of work networks and there are going to be double spend attacks against exchanges against them. And this like really upset him. Um, Jay was like really upset with this. And so he gave up on this exchange project. He open sourced the code. It was called Fort Knox. Uh, he abandoned the whole thing. Um, and he was like, I want to solve this problem, which is how do you have interactions with, ex with all these different chains without having to worry double spent um, uh, miners. Um, and this like led him down like this rabbit hole that made him really start to think a lot about like sort of combine like a bunch of different things that had existed, like proof of stake had existed. Uh, uh, I, I think it was called pure, pure coin, something like that. Uh, there was like, there were, there were proof of stake coins that were out there. Um, but like, you know, that idea already existed. There was, also, 30 years of research on consensus that had gone on in academia, you know, minted hundreds, thousands of PhDs, um, but had no practical application. Um, uh, and there was Bitcoin, um, and Bitcoin was really cool. And I'd say Jay was like the first person to really sit down and say, how do I put these three pieces together um, and like get something cool out of it? Um, and so that ended up being, and I was friends with him at the time and we were talking throughout like this whole era of while he was trying to figure this out and talk, you know, we'd hang out, we'd, you know, we'd hang out, we'd get drinks, we'd, we'd figure this out. We'd talk, talk through all his ideas. Uh, we were introduced by a mutual friend. Um, I had gotten into cryptocurrency um, around this time. We were just hanging out in San Francisco. Um, it was a really fun time. Um, and like all of these ideas came together with Jay while having this thing called Tendermint, um, which was, you know, proof of stake, accountability, slashing, uh, all of these ideas sort of started to come together. And this is, this is 2014. Um, and so he was working on this project called Tendermint. Um, and around that time in Palo Alto, uh, sort of in the Bay Area, Palo Alto area, there was like a whole like sort of meeting like group. There was an email list called the Crypto Economic Research Forum. Um, there was, uh, we, we would get together on weekends uh, uh, in, an in office parks in, in the Bay Area and hackerspaces um, and talk about, you know, this sort of, these ideas around proof of stake and next generation blockchains and all of this, this future that we would imagine. Um, and so in 2015, um, we organized this thing called the Crypto Economic Research Forum meeting, uh, which was an in-person meeting with about 100 people um, over a weekend. A lot of people flew in. Vitalik came from Toronto. Um, Vlad came from Toronto. Vlad brought one of his friends. His name was Ethan Buckman. Um, uh, and Ethan and, uh, uh, and Jay presented Tendermint. Um, it was talking about BFT and proof of stake and how all these things can be put together. Um, you know, Vitalik had come up with this idea of slashing and Jay had put it together with, uh, you know, and this was just like an incredibly amazing interaction of this time. And Ethan really started to get very excited um, about what Jay was working on with Tendermint. Um, he had co-founded a company called Monax, which was working on sort of an enterprise implementation of the Ethereum stack all the way back then. Um, and um, so he convinced, you know, Monax started building their EBM on top of, of Tendermint and, and uh, Ethan was working with Jay uh, on this. And then eventually 
um, Jay decided, Jay and Ethan started, and this guy named Dustin decided to form a company around Tendermint, and Ethan left, um, left Monax to work on it. And that was, that's sort of like, you know, key moments in the history of Cosmos. But then they spent, you know, 2015 trying to find users for, for Tendermint, and they weren't really that successful. Um, so then in 2016, um, they came to me with a bunch of ideas about we about how to do a public network based on Tendermint, or a, a, a permissionless network based on Tendermint. Um, and they went through a bunch of different ideas. One of the one of the ideas that's very close to my heart is this idea called Super Tanker, um, which is basically Celestia. But like I pointed out that they didn't have a solution to the data availability problem, and we wouldn't have solution until 2017 when uh, Mustafa started. Uh, uh, working on data availability sampling. Um, but I had had this idea, which is taking Jay, so like Jay had a lot of really cool ideas. He had Tendermint, he had the idea of having on-chain white clients and blockchain sending messages to each other. All of these ideas were back in 2014. Um, and he was trying to figure out how to put them all together. I had been reading online, I didn't know them at the time, um, the Agoric guys work from the 90s, I was like, you know, there's all this work on like smart contracts from before the cryptocurrency era. Is any of this applicable to what, like what we do, what we're doing now? And so I really had this idea. Also at the time I was like really frustrated. I would hang out with Vitalik, work on, uh, uh, sh you know, sharded Ethereum at the time. And like all of this stuff was just like way too complicated. I've talked to Dominic about Definity. It was also like really like a lot of annoying complexity. I was like, how can we make this simpler? Um, and so I had this idea of, 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 of combining Tendermint with the agoric ideas around what, you know, object capabilities and interacting mutually suspicious computers. And I'm like, we can put these ideas together and we make a thing. Um, and so Ethan took that, wrote the white paper, took like, we talked out those ideas. Ethan went out, wrote the white paper. Um, I put, you know, the initial 50K in to get this whole project started. And that was Cosmos. Uh, 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 that was Cosmos's birth story, um, uh, and so eventually there was a fund. You know, eventually there was a fundraiser uh, in March of uh, in March or April, I think March of 2017, um, raised 16 million dollars in Bitcoin and ETH. Um, then 2017, I was kept. I was like still pretty involved. I was involved in the project. Uh, you know, the organization started to grow. Jay and Ethan started to hire lots of other people. Um, uh, you know, trying to execute on this Cosmos vision. Um, but there were lots of problems. Lots of lots of problems. Lots of stress inside of the organization. It's not a smooth process. But like most of the things that were um, had raised a lot of money in 2017 were experiencing a lot of stress. Um, so then 2018, I decided I was going to come full time onto Cosmos, uh, and like get Cosmos shipped. Um, so I first started with this problem of no one really know, knew how to tell if the software you were building for this, in this completely new thing that had never been done before, BFD proof of stake, nobody figured, had the slightest idea how to tell if it worked, um, and who was going to run the software when the network went live. None of these things existed. So I spent, my first thing was creating the validator, like creating the first validator communities, convincing people like Bison Trails and Figment to start businesses. Um, 
uh, the, um, you know, creating that whole community. And the second thing was running this like extensive testnet process uh, by which we slowly convinced ourselves that Tendermint, we had both formal verification that was driven by the work of Zarko, uh, uh, who's still involved in, in, in Cosmos to this day, um, and, uh, uh, and like practical empirical evidence that the system worked. Um, and that was the two things that I spent all of 2018 doing. Um, and so 2018 finished that I ran launch. Um, we launched Cosmos in the, um, in these, in the, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, sort of, uh, January of 20, I guess, January, February, I think March, March, March of 20, 2019, we, we launched Cosmos. Um, the first Cosmos chain launched Cosmos SDK chain launched. Um, but we hadn't done IBC yet. Um, so then, you know, Originally, we had had very limited ambitions for IBC. We were just going to do token transfers. But at that time, Agoric had started, and I, I, and Zuko had introduced me to Agoric in 2018. Um, and I told the Agoric people, I'm like, none of your ideas will work in blockchains until we ship Cosmos, because I like, already thought this through. So in 2019, we had shipped Cosmos, and I called up the Agoric people. And so we got everybody together for two weeks in Berlin. Um, to sort of plan out how we were going to do IBC. And we decided to do like the sort of full vision that the Agoric people had, had, uh, uh, had, had sketched out. So Chris Goes, who's now one of the co-founders of Anoma, um, sort of took the lead as the sort of lead protocol to dev, um, uh, building out IBC. Um, uh, we had the team at Informal who formally verified the light clients. We had um, the Agoric people who contributed enormously to the design. Um, and so 2019, that was roughly what, you know, so there was the, all the work on IBC. I was running around the world. I was also trying to manage. There was continued to be a lot of stress and drama and ineffectiveness in, in, in Tendermint. Like I was effectively managing the company, but I wasn't actually CEO. Um, and then by the time we got to the beginning of 2020, Jay had, sort of found this whole situation intolerable um, and, uh, and was like, you know, uh, 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 started building this like entire sort of pseudo religious persona online, ranting about like various loyalty oats and religious stuff in, in the company Slack. Um, and so everyone quit um, uh, uh, essentially, like the entire, all of the engineering teams, et cetera, quit. Um, we stood up some new companies called one of which was Interchain GmbH. I went to work for Occlusion, which was my validator company, which had existed since 2017. Um, Jack started Strange Love, so like we had this whole thing. We call it Gore, uh, uh, the uh, grand uh, um, operational reorganization. Uh, 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 so like this was Tendermint Cosmos, which had been one company, basically Tendermint then became this whole satellite universe of companies. All the while, like adoption of the technology continued to grow and people were launching new Cosmos chains all the time. Uh, IBC didn't exist yet. So I spent all of 2020 kind of, 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 of spearheading this effort that we called Stargate, um, which was a pretty big re-architecture of, of the Tendermint and Cosmos code base combined with launching IBC. Um, it was sort of, it, it, it ended up being that the way the, that IBC, you know, we did this thing called Game of Zones uh, in May of 2020, um, which was sort of a incentivized testnet inspired by Game of Stakes, 
uh, of, of, and like I realized during that, that the way the code had been architected meant that like we had two things that were really big. One was a, a massive sort of refactor and big changes to the code base and IBC and that you could not do them separately. You had to do them together, which was gonna slow down IBC basically by a year, um, which was really unfortunate to realize, but uh, knuckled down, did that, shipped IBC uh, with lots of help. Um, and then nothing happened for a long time because uh, uh, we shipped IBC in February of, 20, uh, of uh, 2021, but nothing had happened. Uh, and then in J June, uh, Osmosis launched um, as the first sort of IBC enabled DEX. Um, and uh, Osmosis was a huge success, a huge hit. Uh, 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 hundreds of thousands of people started to pour into the IBC, into the Cosmos community. All of the chains started to link up. You could get instant immediate access to liquidity. Um, and now we have um, lots of new IBC applications and protocols coming out, um, not just token transfers, because we built on top of this, these sort of generalized ideas that the Agora people had helped us create. So we have things like interchain security and interchain accounts, um, NFTs, like lots of other stuff that's, that's in motion in the IBC ecosystem. Um, this has been a long monologue. Um, but yeah, uh, me and Jay no longer speak to each other. Um, uh, and, uh, most of the cosmos community continues to tear his ideas, uh, out of like a lot of his code out of our, um, uh, a lot of our code out of, of cosmos and tendermint. Um, Jay really resents this and has, has is sort of creating like uh, his own little fork of cosmos called that is basically cosmos, the Jay way. Um, we'll see if anything comes of it. Um, but the rest of us sit here and continue to, 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 to ship code and, and build on, on the research that really started with Jay. Um, and there's an enormous amount of work to do. Um, there's an enormous amount of stuff that needs to be invented to be built on top of like Tendermint needs to be improved. Cosmos SDK needs to be improved. Uh, we need to build lots of, we, we, have, we, have, we just have lots of stuff to do. And so um, there's a massive group of people, really hundreds of people who work on, on Cosmos every day across many different organizations. It's a lot of work to coordinate them, but that's what we do. Indeed, chugging away and rushing ahead. Uh, and it's, it's so interesting to hear all this rich tapestry of stories. Uh, and of course, I'm sure you've, you've walked through some of the technical aspects very deeply before. Uh, but on the more uh, human side of things, uh, with the say drama or turbulence, with you know, the different ideas and, and conflict, would you like to close out that story of some of the lessons that you've learned, right? Like, what would you have uh, liked go different or done differently uh, on people side of things? I mean, um, all I would say, I mean, I, I miss Jay. I miss the Jay that I knew in 2014 and 2015. I don't think he really exists anymore. Um, he was like the, the level of insight he had into like sort of the long-term architecture of sort of computing was, was really high. Um, but like, you know, I, that Jade hasn't really existed since late 2016, early 2017 kind of. Um, and so I miss my friend. Um, we all still love working together. Um, I do think we've really succeeded in creating something very resilient. Um, um, like there really are, only you know bitcoin and like there are like 
you know, where you have truly many organizations working across on like the core software, really the only two ecosystems in blockchain that are like that are Cosmos and uh, Bitcoin, right? Everything else is just like, there's some labs company and they make the core client and make the core software and frequently have a lot of business development. And I think it's really cool that like, for better or worse, that we didn't become that, that like we became this like weird decentralized thing, but it can be very frustrating can be very frustrating on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, sometimes I wish that like everyone would just listen to me. Um, uh, but perhaps it is better that like sometimes people listen to me and, and other times it's not. Um, yeah. I, 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 I think that I, 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 you know, you know, we would, there would be, there would be advantages to, you know, having, you know, uh, uh, everything centralized, one large budget, one large capital allocation scheme, lots of biz dev people. Um, but Cosmos would be very different. Um, and you get to see that path in many ways. Like, you know, it's like that path looks like Polygon or Solana or, you know, various other things. Um, mm. And so, you know, part of blockchains is to be like a social organizational experiment um, in addition to just being like a, a technology process. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it is indeed fascinating that the culture and people and, and dynamics of Cosmos mirror the kind of underlying uh, architecture concept, right, of being like more sovereign like and separated, uh, but still interacting with each other constantly. Yeah. I mean, like what the way we intend the software to work is roughly the way we intend to work, which is we're just like continuously fighting and like signals and ch- signal groups and telegram groups and chat groups for Augur. Yes, and yet we're also here and contributing and building, uh, and especially for yourself, Zaki, I, I do understand that your contributions to, to many projects, and in fact, uh, co-founder of, uh, of course, Sommelier itself, uh, and of course, I think working on the validator side of things, right, with occlusion, uh, yep. which is, I presume, still ongoing, uh, and then the agoric side of things, uh, and also advising many other projects. So now as, as like a builder yourself and from a validator perspective and like from the perspective of so many of these other projects, uh, like how does, how does Cosmos look, right? Like it, I presume like it, it, you might have different considerations uh, when you're working in these different modes. And also like, why did you actually uh, decide to work on these particular aspects right now that uh, more or less you shipped what you wanted to ship, right? You could be working on any part of the stack or, or like any part of the, the organization or ecosystem. Yeah, well... I can work on anything, so I work on everything. Uh, is kind of uh, 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 the, the the typical way my day goes. Um, but the um, let's let's sort of break this down. So started the validator business in 2017 um, because I felt like part of the thing, like part of the things that the things I wanted to change about the world was one is I wanted proof of stake to replace proof of work. Um, and validators are, were such a different business from mining, right? And like, we didn't have this community of node operators. And so a big part of like trying to understand like how to build, convince people to create validators for them to exist um, required me to like run one myself. Um, if I didn't, if I wasn't like, you know, in the terminal running the software, understanding the architecture, understanding the, the constraints, I don't feel like I could have, helped so many people start their validator businesses. Um, Sommelier is very much a passion project for me. Um, 
I have had this idea for as a use case for for the Tendermint and Cosmos stack of using it to enable sort of non-custodial active management of DeFi um, for many years, long before like really DeFi was a thing. Um, I've been very excited for something like that to exist. Um, the technical building blocks were in place. And so we went off to build it. Um, the Goric people, as I've mentioned, I've had a relationship with them since, you know, 2017, 2018. Um, and really, I, you know, Cosmos is all based on their ideas. And I think it is the, it is really, I'm really excited to help them succeed um, uh, with bringing the full set of their smart contract system and uh, economic ideas. There's like, their ideas are so large, so enormous, really 40 years of work. Um, so that's, that's another big piece of, 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 uh, of, of, of what, I, what it is that I do. Um, you know, I make investments, I advise projects. Um, uh, there's just like a lot of context that lives in my head about how to build stuff in blockchains um, for having been involved in it for so many years. And, you know, I really enjoy, you know, the, the other thing that is just really the greatest pleasure in life is just seeing all the people that you've mentored over the years just thriving. Um, you know, Sonny and Dave killing it with osmosis. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, this like entire generation of people, um, uh, you know, Jack killing it with strange love, just like that you, 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 you sort of, I've spent the people I've spent the last five years with. Um, and so I continue like them and like this whole new generation of, of founders and builders that I like working with. Awesome. Indeed. And uh, I think all of that, uh, effort is showing results, right. in, in terms of like these projects, uh, uh, continuing to make progress and at the same time uh new builders coming in as well right which were yep. not necessarily part of the history so of course i think one example that everybody has been talking about is is the dydx story and in fact i recall uh when we we're having drinks that you kind of dropped us a little hint that like hey you know some this is coming uh and i guess that shows like your, your involvement uh behind the scenes as well so uh, would you like to share some context of why why this is happening kind of like right now right uh what are perhaps some trends like within cosmos and also like the, the driving factors within web3 itself like the macro web3 factors that are now pushing projects to consider uh, and actually take the step of coming into the ecosystem and building out their own chain and using ibc so one of the things that i think is kind of the like the the um the biggest chat, like, well, here's here. So here's what I think of as kind of there, there's like many typical founder journeys, um, uh, uh, through, through the cosmos. Um, so one journey is, well, I, you know, is the, I'm starting from scratch. I don't know where to, what to build on. Um, the cosmos stuff appeals to me frequently. It's people who have some distributed systems experience. They've been, uh, 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 they're, they have a lot of exposure to go. They like, um, they start to build a chain on their own, but like, you know, building a chain on your own is a lot, right? You have to, you, in many ways you have, to, now there are network effects over IBC. So the barrier has been reduced, but you still have to build validators back in the day before IBC, you had to build, get, you know, exchange listings, all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, so the, the, um, the, the one path that we're starting to see now start to happen in is you have a team like DYDX that has built 
you know, this is the, what they're building on top of Cosmos is the fourth version of DYDX. They had a, uh, they had two versions of DYDX on the Ethereum L1. They had one version on Starkware, and this is the fourth version, right? And so their experience, their understanding of what it is that they're trying to build, of what the moving pieces are, all of this stuff has advanced over time. Um, and at, at the same time, the Cosmos stack has matured. And so, you know, the Cosmos stack can be, can, has like, it can be so many different things. Like you can be like, hey, I just like, like this IBC stuff. I don't want to launch my own chain. You can launch on top of Juno today, Neutron tomorrow, um, uh, potentially Osmosis. Um, you know, so we do have, a, we, we have starting and, you know, we have things like Evmos. So we're starting to build experiences, but like, it's, it's sort of interesting, right? We, we built the smart contract user experience stuff second, uh, or really like, I don't know, fifth. And we first built, build your own chain, bootstrap your own validator set, interop, bridging, all of that stuff. And then we did smart contracts, um, which sort of leads to a, a sort of interesting dynamic, um, DYDX is basically, I think another big thing is, well, in many ways, the Ethereum endgame and the Cosmos endgame look almost identical and probably end up being like almost the same system hmm. um, or like an identical system. Um, the rollups toolkits, the, the state of rollups for building your own blockchain, for building your own blockchain sort of within the Ethereum ecosystem, um, have moved a lot less, a lot more slowly than you know many people had hoped or anticipated. Um, you still don't really have something on Ethereum that is the equivalent to the Cosmos stack that gives you decentralized block production, uh, uh, you know, a tool, a very customizable toolkit for sort of customizing your VM and customizing transaction processing, all of this stuff. Uh, a thing that just sort of works out of the box. Um, that experience doesn't exist yet. And so people find this, what happens is developers are moving up, you know, maybe they start with a smart contract on a platform as they start to realize, okay, what are the limitations of that? They start to realize we would need to control the whole thing. Then they go, okay, can I build my own chain? And they say, well, is there a roll-up? Is there a ZK roll-up? Is there something else I could, I could customize to solve this problem? They look around, they realize that nothing is ready. And then they look at Cosmos and ZK. And, and typically that is the user journey of the typical developer. Mm -hmm. And of course, now there are additional considerations, right? It's not just uh, spinning up your own chain uh, with the validator and security. Now, there's also the consideration of, hey, should I consider some form of shared security or should I uh, consider uh, having some sort of provider uh, for interchange security as well versus like going at it on my own? Yeah. Uh, how did they make this uh, decision? So... We don't, so to, to, to be honest, this is the earliest, early days. Um, so we have this new feature, okay? So what is interchain security? So typically the way the Cosmos, a Cosmos chain is designed is it has a staking token. And you stake that token, uh, you delegate that stake to the validate, to a, to a set of validators, that selects the validators, that's where you get consensus and voting power from. Um, we started to ask the question, you know, a while ago, um, what if instead of getting the voting power from your staking token, you got your voting power over IBC, i.e. that meant that some other chain tells you what the voting power on this chain is going to be. Um, and this created this whole system that we call interchain security. Now, interchain security 
is a technical product. It's a technical feature. It's a feature of IBC. It's a feature of the Cosmos stack. Um, that means any Cosmos chain um, can easily adopt it just by bringing in the libraries. So you are going to see these clusters of, of chains that, have, that share validator sets and that slashing information is sent um, from what we call consumer chains to provider chains. So you have crypto economics. We are launching this on the Cosmos Hub. On the Cosmos Hub, it's very special though. Um, uh, and we're gonna, you're gonna, you know, there's a lot coming out. I'll sort of, I've been dropping the term Adam 2.0 uh, uh, on Twitter, um, but can't really talk about the details until we get to Medellin at the end of September and Cosmoverse. That's where we're gonna be rolling out the whole vision. Um, but interchain security plays a big role in it. Um, but interchain security on the hub is, is extremely special because the community is really consolidated around this idea of a minimalist hub. Um, we don't want the hub to halt. We don't want the hub to uh, have security vulnerabilities. Um, but we, so that has meant that like for those of us who sort of build in the Cosmos community and are trying to build features on top of Atom and extend its network effects, um, we struggle with, hey, well, we, we, it's, we have a very slow feature delivery cycle, very, very slow upgrade cycle. Um, to like deliver new stuff. It's very hard to compete with the Osmosis and Evmoses and all these other chains in our ecosystem, Junos, et cetera. Interchain security really unlocks, is a huge unlock for Atom holders because it gives us a way to build on top of Atom, to extend Atom's network effects while keeping any problems that exist on consumer chains isolated. Um, so a consumer chain can halt, Cosmos Hub keeps going, uh, 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 a consumer chain can experience a security vulnerability. Uh, in most cases, it won't affect the Cosmos Hub. Um, so this kind of isolation is like a huge unlock for the power of Atom uh, in the ecosystem. Mm. Right, and of course, uh, it does reduce some level of uh, complexity, uh, but takes on some of the, the additional, say, considerations or risks, right, of like relying on a hub or, uh, or another chain. Uh, for that. And in, in fact, uh, many of the considerations are somewhat like trade-offs as well, right? So I think having the, the throughput and flexibility of having your own chain also comes with, um, even though there's IBC, right? It's perhaps, uh, would, you, would you agree that uh, not as, uh, say, seamless as just being on the same monolithic chain and right, having that kind of like synchronous composability? So um, would love to understand from your views, Aki, uh, from advising so many projects, right, that, uh, about these trade-offs, how, how builders have thought about these trade-offs and whether they're, well, they're, they're okay, right, sufficiently mitigated, or how do you go uh, build around it? Um, I think one of the things that people realize eventually is that the synchronous composability story really has its limitations. Um, that synchronous composability um, uh, is probably not going to be the basic form of composability. So asynchronous composability is much harder, right? We have to build all these other tools, um, which we've started to build some of them in IBC. Uh, uh, we have this thing coming called interchain queries, which allows you to sort of Oracle data from one Cosmos chain to another. Um, that's gonna be a big part of, of the forthcoming launch of Quicksilver, which is a liquid staking provider uh, using interchain security. Um, so we've had to bit, we have, you know, it's it, Cosmos is, is in general, a longer, harder road. Um, DeFi on Cosmos has taken longer because we have to build within these constraints. 
of not just um, just the you know the fundamental limits of asynchronous composability, but all the infrastructure of composing between chains has to get built out. Um, and so we spend, you know, it, it is it has been a, a longer, slower grind um, to build out DeFi in this ecosystem. But one of the things that is cool about it is how scalable it all is. Um, that you know you can build, you know, the, to the DY. There's no reason why the DYDX v4 architecture cannot do the same provide the same user experience as, as ftx um there's no reason why you know the potential for um you know things like osmosis to to, to rival a coinbase um like you you get this really sustainable extensible architecture where you have the system and then we can continue to improve the monolith. We can, like Tendermint has lots of uh, room for improvement. Cosmos SDK has lots of room for improvement. But like you're starting at this very sustainable, incredibly capable place and then growing from there um, rather than starting in a synchronous place and then running into the limits and then realizing you have to take on all of that. Mm, mm. So in a way, uh, there's almost a need or there should be uh some level of like uh, influence for builders to start thinking about this question and problem earlier in the process, right? So uh, we, we just had an interview with uh, Sergey from XLR uh, last week, uh, which the content is also up on the same channel. And one of the pieces of advice that Sergey wanted to share, or at least uh, guidance or recommendation, uh, is that we should start thinking about what does it mean to go multi-chain or go cross-chain early in the building process, right? And that means that preparing for this asynchronous composability from the get-go so that we're not kind of like just locked in this monolithic thing and now we have to make uh, some sort of trade-offs if you're not as standalone as what DYDX is. Um, would you echo the same recommendations and what, what additional pieces of advice would you give to the newer builders? The other piece that I would say is it's probably worth considering earlier in the process what would happen if you could own the entire if you could control the entire system um if the if you could control the economics the fee payments the rules for prioritizing transactions um all of these things you should it, it is worth ex exploring whether or not the best trade-offs are, oh, I'm going to build on someone. I'm going to build on on an existing sort of. I'm going to build on a non-customizable platform, right? I, that's what I kind of think about it. Is is like the difference is because we we have synchronous composability now in Cosmos. We have uh, Evmos. We have Cosmosm. There's more is going to come. Like we have synchronous composability, and we like those ecosystems are growing. Um, the real question is really not synchronous versus asynchronous composability. I think it really comes down to is what is your pathway to full control over user experience? What is the pathway to delivering like, and can, could that full control give you a product, a user experience that is 10 or hundred X better than what you can do on an, on an existing ecosystem where you don't have control? Like, that control has has been like what has enabled Sommelier. That control is what enables Agoric. Um, you know, with Sommelier, we are able to like again have a chain and a whole stack of 
how we interop with Ethereum, everything that is completely customized to our to the requirements of active DeFi strategy management. And that's why we chose to build on Cosmos. Uh, you know, other than just like the Stockholm syndrome of yeah, you know, I've been building on this back for so many years. <laughs> Would you like to well go into a bit more detail there to to illustrate what it what it looks like or feels like to actually have that control and customizability? Yeah. So, for instance, um, if only someone who has let's say staked coins or is a validator um, can can send a message on your chain, do you need to charge transaction fees for them? Probably not. Um, right. It, it, you can't be spammed really. Like only the validators can send this message. Um, so, you know, in sommelier, we have lots of validators coming to agreement on, on, uh, you know, what calls get made on a, on the Ethereum chain and in the future, other chains, um, that whole process costs nothing. Um, you know, if the, um, you know, sommelier is experimenting with, non-inflationary validator rewards and economics you know where essentially validators and stakers only make money if user if the users of our strategies make money um uh you know and you know to the to the user of, of sommelier seller they never know that they're interacting with the cosmos chain they never have to touch it they never have to interact with it um you can make just like these incredibly seamless user experiences that are incredibly powerful using the cosmos stack and I don't really think that there's an alternative. I think there will be. I think there will be alternatives to the Cosmos stack. I don't think like, you know, this is the eternal state of affairs. Um, I think that, you know, op things like optimism uh, uh, and many of the ZK rollups will enable doing many of the things that we do today with the Cosmos stack in a variety of different places. Um, but I don't know how far away that is. Mm -hmm. And of course, in the meantime, uh, the Cosmos ecosystem continues to forge ahead, uh, right? While, yeah. while, while the other kind of, uh, I guess, alternatives or possibilities are, are trying to to get to where we are today. So uh, would you like to share like now more forward looking then? Uh, what else is there to look forward to? Uh, of course, with uh, the Adam 2.0 and some of the features that we've been talking about, uh, th those are incredibly exciting. Um, from an infrastructure uh, point of view, uh, or from like a, a developer tooling point of view, uh, what are still some remaining gaps that you would like to see uh, improved or addressed? So data indexing in Cosmos is a huge problem. Um, uh, just like on Ethereum, the joke I make is for the last five years, everyone has been asking, how can we have higher TPS? How can we have higher TPS? That's just writing to the database. No one said anything about reading from the database. Um, so it's not my fault that like all of this is terrible, um, uh, but there is uh, 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 there there is a lot that's happening there, um, without a doubt. Um, you know, you see new startups getting uh, um, starting to to you know new protocols, new startups, uh, and generally like running nodes, all of that stuff. Um, the um, I'm 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 still very interested in like just like so we have this thing called ABCI plus plus, which is um, this huge expansion to sort of where, how Tendermint can be customized. Um, it allows things like, you know, um, like all kinds of new things can be enabled by ABCI++. Like you could require the validators agree that data is available on another chain before creating a block. So if you wanted to, for instance, use this to decentralize optimism, 
ABCI++ would allow you to do that. Um, uh, it allows you to build in MEV, MEV mitigations like encrypted mempools. Um, like uh, it's it's going to enable the sort of in the order matching process at DYDX. Um, all of these things can be are going to be rocketed forward by ABCI++. Um, you know, if you wanted to build Sommelier again today, you could, you know, there'd be huge, huge advantages to building it on top of ABCI++. Um, a lot of exciting stuff happening with extending IBC to other chains. Um, there are folks like Polymer and Composable Finance that are extending IBC now beyond the Cosmos SDK um, into lots of new environments, um, which is very exciting. Um, so that, that continues to make me real, feel really excited. Um, I'm excited for um, the Cosmos ecosystem, which defined the Cosmos ecosystem has mostly meant DEXs um, for the last year. Um, I think that we are going to start seeing a shift to lending protocols, stable coins, all of those pieces uh, in the near future. Right. A lot to look forward to. And we have covered also a lot uh, in this time. Zaki, is there anything else uh, that you'd like to share? Maybe a little call to action, some shout out to wrap it up or some personal uh, piece of advice. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I mean, we just finished the Nebula Summit in, in Paris, um, which is uh, which was uh, an entire day of talks and everything. Probably more alpha uh, uh, in the Nebula Summit than like I've seen at a Cosmos event in a long time. Really encourage people to go out and watch the... Uh, the Nebular Summit videos. Um, I'm here in Korea. We're doing Hack Atom and Biddle. Um, so we've got a lot of Cosmos stuff coming uh, here. And then we, uh, and then it's kind of not, you know, we'll be probably, we'll be at Mainnet, we'll be at some other events. Uh, but the big thing is Cosmoverse in September, um, which is, as far as I know, sold out. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, we really, it's going to be the biggest Cosmos event ever. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, it'll, uh, a lot to look forward to. Right. Thank you so much. And of course, to everyone, see you at Cosmo Cosmoverse uh, or in the Cosmos ecosystem and the IBC stack. All right. Thank you, everyone. See you next time. All right. <laughs>